What's up everybody, my name is Brian and I am Linux Liaison. Now, I usually like to write about Linux, but here, I take a more general perspective on technology. And what we're going to be focusing on today is what it takes to be a programmer. Now, I'm going to start with a little bit of a different angle. To be a programmer, you need to have what's called a logic brain. You need to be fundamentally logically minded in order to really even get to the basics of programming. Now to find out if you are a logic brained person, we're going to start off with a little exercise. Now imagine you have a circuit. On one end of the circuit, you have two switches. On the other end of the circuit, you have a light bulb. Now in the middle is the thing that will connect the two switches to the light bulb and these are going to be called gates. Now the first gate that we have is called an AND gate. And when we put this in the middle, if you turn on both switches, then the light will go on. Only if you turn on one switch and the other switch will the light turn on. If you turn on one switch or the other, or don't turn any on at all, then the light bulb will not turn on. Next up we have what's called the OR gate. Now let's take the AND gate out of there and replace it with an OR gate. Now the condition is that if you turn on one switch or the other, then the light bulb will turn on. You can turn on one or the other, or both if you please. But if neither of them are on, then the light bulb will not turn on. Now this gate, last but certainly not least, is, well, the NOT gate. The NOT gate is quite special. It's basically an inverter. It only has one input and one output. If you turn the switch on, the light bulb turns off. If you turn the switch off, the light bulb turns on. Now if you understood the examples that I gave here, then you just might have a logic brain. You might just be able to understand the fundamentals of a programming language. Now before you even get into learning a programming language, you need a project. You need something that interests you, something that will motivate you to really get into the depths of the programming language that you want to learn. You need something to apply the language to. Because after all, programming languages are just like any regular language. In order to really learn the language, you have to use it in a way that helps you, in a way that benefits you. You need to use it to communicate. Now, you're not going to be using it to communicate with a person. You'll be using it to communicate with a computer, really. But you need to use the language in a way that will allow you to explore the language in various ways. It's not enough to just read about the verbs and the nouns and the adjectives and the grammar syntax of any language. In order to really thoroughly learn a language to be able to proficiently speak it, you need to use it in communication. And it's the same with any programming language. You need to apply it to a project, something that interests you, to do all those pitfalls that every beginning programmer does. You need to learn the hard way. But before you start learning, there are several key logic functions called conditionals that are present in most languages. So in these functions, if certain conditions are true or false, then certain actions occur or certain things will happen. There are three fundamental types of conditionals. 
Now, the first one is called the if-else statement. Now, the if-else statement is basically if X happens, do this. If that thing doesn't happen, well, then do this. So let's use a donut shop for an example. You, let's say you have to check the inventory of how much a certain flavor of donut is present in the front display. And if there are less than three donuts when you check, make three more. Else, don't do anything. Now, there's a different version of the if statement, which is called the if else if else statement which is basically allowing you to, to specify more than one type of condition that would occur that would allow you to perform a certain action. So, for example, if you are a lifeguard at a pool and you're in charge with checking every hour the level of water in the pool just to make sure that there's just enough water, your if-else-if-else if, statement might go something like this. If there's too much water drain water. Else if there's enough water, don't do anything with the water level. Else, add water. So basically, if there's too much, empty it. If there's enough, don't do anything. If there isn't enough water, add water. Now, what if we want to actually monitor things in real time in case something happens in real time? Instead of checking something every hour, you want to make sure that every second of every day, of every month, of every year, of every decade, of every century, of every millennium, this thing is being checked. This condition is being checked. Well, you have the while statement. Now, for the while statement, we'll use a home alarm system as an example. Your home alarm will have the while statement, something along the lines of, while the alarm is activated, check if any of the sensors are disconnected, if any doors are open, if any windows are open when they're not supposed to be. And then after after that condition is no longer true, well, then there could be some sort of alarm that sounds, which is pretty much how any home alarm system works. Then there's a different version of the while, which is called the do while. The do while is basically you want to do something before you check a condition in real time. So the do while would basically be, if we go back to the donut shop example, let's say you want to check your donut inventory in real time. Upon opening, you want to make three donuts of a certain flavor, and then while there are less than three donuts, make three more. So when you've opened, you've made three donuts, and then if you, if you have less than three donuts, you're going to make three more donuts just to make sure that your customers have donuts at their disposal when they want to order them rather than having to make one on the spot and then they wait. Now, the last one is the more complicated one to explain. The last conditional is called the for loop. And the for loop is basically for every iteration of a certain thing that matches a condition, do this to that thing. So for example, if you want to convert every non-JPEG photo in your system to a JPEG photo, I can't imagine why you would want to do that, but let's just use the example. You would say for whatever variable you want to store each iteration in that isn't a JPEG, convert into a JPEG. So if you want to put that into, if you want to put that into scripting speak, you would do for i in 
non-JPEG photos do convert to JPEG. And that's pretty much the basic idea of the for loop. What's really cool though, is when you get to combine these things and come up with some sort of convoluted condition checking that would end up making a system a lot more complicated, but also a lot less error prone. For example, let's say you wanted to monitor a certain directory for non-JPEG files, and every time you drop a file in there that is not a JPEG, it converts to a JPEG. For something like this, you might end up using all three of these conditional types of statements. So for example, you could use while one equals one to constantly check something. And then within that while statement, you would have an if statement that checks if there is a file in that directory that exists that's not a JPEG, then do this. And this, this thing would be a for loop that would iterate over every non-JPEG file and then convert that to a JPEG file. It's a little bit convoluted, but in the end, that would be monitoring that directory and converting every non-JPEG file to a JPEG. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yet Another Tech Podcast. If you want to read more about anything that I talked about today, resources will be linked down below if you're on SoundCloud. Now, if you want to give me any feedback or criticisms, or you have any ideas for future topics that I should cover, don't hesitate to hit me up over on Twitter at Brandon Nolet, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-N-O-L-E-T, or on Mastodon at B-N-O-L-E-T, B-N-O-L-E-T. And that's all for now. I hope you have a fantastic day, night, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. I just hope you're having a great time.